Awesome. I'm awesome. I've, I've now feel ready for the day now. Like, <laughs> let's forget this episode. Let's just not even do this. So just play music. Yeah, I've been playing that song you played for me. Let's just dance. Let's just dance. Wow. All right. Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast. This is dive after this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We are two two trouble peas in a pod. Amen to that. So, <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> I have the awesome Madeline McQueen whoop, whoop, in the house. The queen herself is in the house. I try, I try, I try, Gregory. Oh, I stop, try. stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. So <laughs> before we go any further, um, if you want to do a quick intro into who you are, what you do and your magic. Let's go. Okay, so I'm Madeline McQueen. I'm an exec coach. Uh, I am a trainer. I'm a speaker. I like to do a bit of hosting. Um, I, um, I base everything I do on three words, clarity, confidence, and empowerment. I truly believe if you can get really clear about what you want, how you want it, where you want to go, why you want to get there, all of those things, then it's so much easier to build evidence-based confidence. And that confidence isn't me telling you to be confident. It is the stuff you've already done. It's already sitting there. Um, I think confidence is a bit like a graphic equalizer. You know, we do this thing where I know you're an ex-DJ, so you're going to question this, but we do this thing where we go, you're either confident or you're not. Mm-hmm. It's absolute bull crap. It depends on circumstances and situations. So if you look at a graphic equalizer, it's constantly going up and down. Yeah. That is just like confidence. Over here, up here, you know, in the base, it's high because I'm feel good there, I know what I'm doing, move me over the treble, it gone through the floor, I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't talk, I don't want to talk to anybody, I sit there, you know, like, like I don't exist, you know, and yeah. so it's like, what, what is it about over here that we feel so great about, that we can maybe move over to over here to help us build up that treble, right, so we mm. can feel more confident, and I, so it's about understanding that you have confidence, it's just about where you have that confidence. And then my last thing is when you've got the clarity and you've got that, that um, confidence, you can be empowered to do just about anything. And my other thing then, when you've got those three, so I have a little equation, which is, makes no sense most probably to mathematicians, but it makes sense to me, which is clarity plus confidence over empowerment equals thrive. And ladies, this is the end of the podcast because we don't need to do that. Just go and do some stuff. Just go and do what you want Take that equation and run with it. Bye, everyone. Bye. No. See ya. See ya. No. And so for me, I want, I work, as, uh, I don't work exclusively with women, but I mainly work with women in leadership and emerging leadership. Uh, the women who should be in leadership, but, you know, their boss is dining out on their uh, genius. Um, okay. And I, my thing is, is, is helping us to see just how powerful we actually are. And we are powerful by virtue of being born onto this planet. We don't need somebody else's permission or approval, um, which is what half the time we spend our time seeking, right? I, that hands up, I can, I can put hands up too, right? Um, and actually the only approval we really need is our own, obviously, so Ooh. yeah at the end of the day so that's what I do um and I as I said I do one-to-one coaching I have a club called the compass club which is exclusively exclusively for women um so they can work on these things and they can build themselves up they can cross-pollinate across industries and you know organizations um and just really I think that if we're going to make changes we're going to have to work together 
uh, um, certainly as women. So yeah, uh, I'm on a mission. I, like, I can't even ask any questions now because like you've just destroyed my whole flow. I'm, I, I, I want to go and do some work now. I want to go, I'm ready, I'm fired up. I have my music, had my little dose of, mad, I've had Madeline's intro and that's it, I'm just ready to go now. Everything's done, everything's perfect. So here's a question for you then. Because I know that you've got some very um, powerful ladies that you work with who are in positions that are probably below their skill set or their value. Yeah. How do you help them get out of that? You know, half the reason why, you know, you and I have this conversation all, all, all the time. But the main reason for most people is mindset. Don't get me wrong. They are up against you know, patriarchy and misogyny and uh, and actually, in all honesty, if you ask most women, they're up against another woman who's making their life hell. That's the gospel truth. I'm really sorry to say it, but it's true. What's that about? Insecurity. Mm -hmm. And and so it's this lack of confidence. It's And also, I think as well, my, I had a conversation with my, <clears throat> my cousin the other, not my cousin, my niece, um, she works for Royal Brompton. She's in a management position. And she says, she was saying, you know, I realized one of the issues is, she said, not, we don't always grow up around strong women. And if we haven't seen strength, we may not know. If we haven't seen advocating for yourself, um, or if the strong woman has been the woman who has given you a hard time all the time, yeah, it's the thing of being able to advocate for yourself. Two words that make the biggest difference are agency and advocacy. Mm -hmm. Agency is, I know I have the right to be able to um, advocate for myself. So advocacy is asking for what you want. It is, um, you know, challenging the status quo. It's, um, and you may be advocating for yourself, you may be advocating for somebody else. It's like you go to your boss mm -hmm. and you say, it's, you know, if you feel my, feel my boss, for example, and you say, I really need a pay rise. And she said, well, I haven't had a pay rise in the last 10 years. It's like, no, no, no. That you haven't been able to advocate for yourself is your issue. Mm -hmm. I'm advocating for myself, you're my manager, advocate for me. But I think the reason why a lot of women, um, and uh, you know, I also will say, you know, we talk a lot about imposter syndrome. Um, and I think that's one to do with unrealistic perfectionism. Perfectionism doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. There's no, you can't be perfect. The other thing I think as well is, sometimes it's not that I'm an imposter, it's that you treat me like an imposter. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. And so because my genius is is makes you feel insecure. That makes perfect sense. Um, and so the other thing is, is just not understanding what we do, especially as women. It's not just women, but especially as women is we do the most We've we fill all the gaps. We do this. We do that. We do the other. Um, and and then we complete this big task and we move straight on to the next one. And we didn't take a moment to go, hold on, what, what, hey, look at what I just did. Let's celebrate it. Let's also look at the skills that I just gained or the skills that I used, the learning. I mean, look at me, I'm a badass. Um, we don't do that. So when it comes to the next thing now, we start from zero. I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know if I've got it. Da, 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 da. And so then how do you advocate for yourself when you don't, not sure that you actually bring in anything to the table? That makes perfect sense. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. It's about the, you mentioned the strong woman. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've probably both had that in our lives. The, it's, I'm just going to say it, especially the label of the strong black woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm the youngest of six girls. Mm -hmm. You know, the expectation is to be, they used to call us the Amazons. Okay. Yeah. Let finish your question. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> God damn it. No, but what I meant was often like, you know, my mom growing up, you know, was, was would have been seen as a strong black woman, but then mm -hmm. maybe after herself so much, she was busy looking after everybody else. Yes. So is that strong black woman or strong women label actually maybe hindering some people? Oh, definitely. We, we are under immense pressure to be able to do it all. Forgetting that the world has changed. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it wasn't great back then anyway. Yeah. Um, but forgetting the world has changed, forgetting that we are working not nine to five, some of us working, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, getting up, going straight to our computers, not finished till 8 or 9 and 10 o'clock at night. So hold on, where do you find the time to make some food for yourself, wash your clothes, tidy up? If you've got kids, look after your kids. But we're still trying to do that, going to bed at one o'clock and two o'clock in the morning to get up at six o'clock to sort of, you know, like losing out on that sleep. And, you know, and also just feeling under pressure that success equals um, killing yourself. And it's like, no, it doesn't. And secondly, also, I think we're under this, um, I think we're under the pressure to do success like men. Mm-hmm. forgetting not all men but a lot of men have gone off and built their careers and had somebody at home doing everything else whereas we're still trying to do everything else mm. we have two jobs um and actually for many of us have more than two jobs because at work we've taken on another three that shouldn't be us you know you watch often a woman will leave and they'll replace them with three other people but there wasn't money in the budget to do a pay. But there wasn't money in the budget to pay her. Absolutely. Mm. And I and I do think, you know, this whole strong woman uh, thing, and you know, you see it out there, you know, all the different kind of female feminists, kind of all the stuff that's out there. It's like, yeah, strong women. I'm a strong woman. I'm actually, I'm tired of being a strong woman. I'm damn tired. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got to be honest. You know this. I'm tired. Um, and many women are. And it's like, what we need to learn to do is put ourselves to the top of the list. But we're at the bottom. Um, and because we're at the bottom of the list, to-do list, the to-do list forever gets longer. Uh, we keep going to the bottom. We never get, to, most of us never finish the to-do list anyway. So if we're at the bottom of it, how on earth do we get to us? We don't. And so we have to do something that everybody else might go, oh, how could you do that? Put yourself at the top. I saw somebody post, a friend of mine actually posted, it's not uh, me first, it's me too. I'm like, no, it's me first. Because when I fill my tank, when I fill my pot, when I fill my cup, then I give from my overflow, not from the pot. Because we all give in from the pot. The pot is empty. And when we need something in the pot, from the pot, there's nothing there. It's like trying to, it's like when you go to the pot for the curry goat, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's had their curry goat and there's, you get left with the bones. The bones. I mean, if you're lucky, you know, yeah. for many women, if you're lucky, what's happened is the pot, the bottom of the pot is burnt out. You can't even scrape off the sides. It's so burnt. The flames are coming through and we're going, what about me? Okay, well, I'll, and then somebody else comes and says, oh, can I take a little bit more from the pot? And you're like, well, there isn't much, but I'm going to scrape what I can and give it to you. Well, well, then your neighbor comes around with a pot, with, 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 um, with a container. Yeah, absolutely. And you're still trying to find something. Yeah, like, oh, so give, yeah. And there's nothing left. And so it's no wonder so many of us are absolutely exhausted. Um, and also so triggered around health and all these different things, because actually, we have no us time. I call it me, hashtag me for me time. We all need me for me time, time where we, where we pull away. If you watch men like my husband, you know, and I had to learn this, he comes home, he needs a, an hour or so to defrag before we can have a conversation, right? Men okay. need to go for their cane and they're gonna take it. Not us, we come through the door, put the bags down, tidy up the shoes that, oh, they shouldn't be there. Then we've gone into the kitchen. Then we've gone to do, let's put a pot on, let's do this, let's, uh, oh, let's put a load in. Let's put, stack the dishwasher. Let's unstack the dishwasher. Oh, let me just work up. Oh, that's not been done, let me do that. And it's just like, we keep filling and we're shattered. And then let me just finish off that project I was working on. And you you made a very good point. I say, ladies, you know, me being a man, I'm not going to lie. There's been many a time when I've come home or on the way home and I've gone, you know what? I'm going to just walk an extra lap just to woosa. That's just how men are. We, 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 we have this, like we can have the break between work and home. We just, yeah. Well, you'll put yourself to the top of the list. Yeah. We don't even think about it. Do you know what? I'm not no, going to No, you don't. You we don't think, think about it. it. It just happens. It just happens. And then, but we're telling you, hey, why don't you just sit down? Why are you cleaning again? Stop cleaning. You know why? Because if I don't do it, it won't get done. That is the message. If I don't do it, it wow. won't get done. And here's the other thing is, if I ask you to do it, 
you're not going to do it in my time scale, i.e. Oh, yep. I.e. And I, I think it's a very fair point. Three weeks later, it's still not done. Mm. You know how frustrating that is? Like my, I love my husband a bit. Oh, Lord, he's going to listen to this shoot. Um, so no, but why? Okay, somebody's coming. So so then there's this also need to keep to keep going, right? Somebody's coming over. You say you're going to help clean. Great. Fabulous. I'll get on cooking or I'll get on and do that or I'll pop out and pick up a few last bits. But you're sitting at your computer or you're sitting on your phone. Like, and they're coming at one and it's quarter past 12. Soon come, soon come. <laughs> right. Do you know how frustrating that is? And so what, and I think there's a two-way street here, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, time scales. I think men operate on a very different... <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but also I think as well um, is that, Again, and I'm not saying it's not all women, don't get me wrong. But there is, you start dating somebody, there's this need to almost impress, almost to be, to show your value, your worth. But it's out of love. It comes definitely from love. And so what you do is you overdo. And what we do is we teach people how to treat us. So if you always fill the gap, my expectation is you're always going to fill the gap. And, you know, also, let's be honest, there are, there are mother, mothers-in-law who add to that pressure. Let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it goes back to being the strong, capable woman who can do everything. Um, and, oh, you know, take care of my son like kind of things so I need to now prove I can take care of your son um and so it starts and it's the little messages that we have from very very young like many of us as you know women certainly as black women you know it's like you can't go out until you finished all your chores listen the black son's got that too <laughs> yeah, until a certain stage yeah and then you've gone out you've gone out for, for us as women, can I go out now? Yes, but you better be back by six. But it's 5.30. It's Listen, like... <laughs> I wasn't treated any different, right? You, you, it's like they look at your... My mum would look at the time and be like, all right, you get one hour. If you're not back on time, you're going to get your ass bus. <laughs> but I think also added to all of that is that as women, we are raised to say yes. Mm-hmm. From very very young we should say um we, we're supposed to say yes to doing all the things all the chores whatever if if that's your household your culture um if somebody wants to give you a hug and a kiss mm -hmm. supposed to say yes go and sit on somebody's lap say yes gotta say hello say yes if you say no you're rude even though often kids get a vibe from people and they get the vibes and they're like i don't really want to take with that person you know but we are raised to say yes. And so then when we get to work. Snowballed. We're still saying yes, because actually we've not been raised to say no. Mm. Or that our, our no is rude. Our no is invalid. Our no is um, us thinking too much of ourselves. Mm. So we're kind of trained to take everything on. And be, yes, and also, and it's ladylike to be polite and pleasant and all these things. Well, yeah, you get the, well, boy, she's rude. You know, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. No, actually, you were rude and your expectation was unrealistic, but you expected me to just say yes. And this is why I want women to understand that you've got power. You've got the power to say no, you know, without a 15-minute explanation or a million sorries. Just say no. And it's all of these things. When we start taking back that power, how that starts to impact maybe how we eat or what we what we do, whether we're going to go out, we're not going to go out, what, how we choose to dress, whatever, right? Like where we start doing things like, I will never forget when I, sorry, you know, I chat. 
um, a lot. That's why, you're, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, you could just get ask one question and let, leave me to run, it's like Duracell. Um, so, um, ew, this is what happens when you get to my age. Can't remember what you. Oh, stop your noise! Stop your noise! This is. I, don't this, know what I was going to say now. You just in flow. You were talking about when you say no and you create boundaries and barriers. You talked about. See, now you made me forget. Look at the two Useless. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It will come back to me. I just, I just think it's really important that we know that we have that power. Um, and, and, and that we also have the power of choice. Like all day, every day, nobody needs to give it to us. So if we don't want to do something, we can say no. Hmm. May there be consequences? Yes. But you have to also ask yourself, who's those, those consequences really about? Like when I say, no, I don't want to do something, who's that? And somebody else has a fit about that. That's telling you that maybe you need some more boundaries. Well, it's really they expect. It's interesting because, you know, my clients are generally professional women who, you know, do some serious career stuff. They do some serious yes. stuff. And, but what's interesting is that they've never been taught how to manage their manager. Right. Like, right. For me, I used to work in corporate. So I understand like if, if someone comes to me with a project and they want me to do it by next week, I'm going to go, okay, cool. Just remember I've got this, this and this. Where does it feel? Right. Right. So just going through all the things that we've got here, because I think questions are your best friend. Open questions are your best friend. Okay. So talk me through which one of these are priority where do you see this fitting in what would you like to me to focus on more? what would you like me to drop to be able to do that like that's where we need to be going mm. um or what's the time scale for this like and and where are we on the other factors that actually feed into this because somebody's always going to get you killing yourself overnight for something that needs is the next morning mm -hmm. only to find the next morning oh yeah no we don't need that anymore but that happens in our personal lives as well, right? So your friend from down the road, who you love long time, comes and says, oh, Madeline, can you do this for me? And you've got your day planned out. You know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Almost, It's almost an expectation to drop what you've got planned to do what because it makes you a good person. Absolutely. And, and then I don't, yeah, so that I don't look bad or I don't seem unrude or I don't seem unhelpful. No, it's none of those things. You're busy. End of, full stop. And so I don't have this time. And often we don't even have the bandwidth to take on somebody else's work. Um, and the other thing is, again, it goes back to, we teach people how to treat us. Because we're looking for that approval, we keep doing things that actually don't feel so great to us, but we'll do it anyway, because actually what we don't want is for them to disapprove of us. But actually, if our own approval was more important, then theirs wouldn't matter so much. And you know what? Mo more times than not, that person will be right if you said, look, hey, I can't do this today. I can do it next week if you want. So you give them the option. So they, so now it's their choice to choose. Yeah. And it might just be, you know what, on this occasion, I just can't, I just haven't got the space yeah. to be able to do it. I can't do that. You know, when people are like trying to sort out all kinds of madness to fit somebody else's agenda. And that's often that somebody else Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a crazy world we're living in. Manly always does it. Manly Manly's good at that. Well, she got good by doing it all the time. So you can do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't help you, but I'll tell you what, um, these three things have make make a difference when I do it. And that's it. Off you go. So I know recently you did a massive presentation. Yeah, I did Wackle, so which is women in advertising and communications leadership. Um, so they're a, they're a pretty exclusive club, like you are invited in. Obviously the events end up being a bit more open um, and uh, recorded at Sky, live streamed from Sky Studios. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, that was great. I talked about the tools of empowerment, which is a bit of what we're speaking today, you know, helping people to recognize that, you know, we, we're told that there isn't, we, we kind of get this thing of, I don't want to ask a stupid question. Mm -hmm. um, there's kind of a Spanish thing. It's something like, you know, there are no stupid questions, only stupid people who don't ask questions. And it's like, 
how there's a really great quote that I use and it, and it's like our questions change our world and it's so true like if you want things to be different if you want then you need to seek first to understand and then be understood you need to start asking questions to see what is possible sometimes we're working so hard we're waiting for somebody to notice well, actually, what we do is we just dig ourselves into a hole that nobody's going to take us out of. So actually, we need to start asking, what does promotion look like? What does progression look like here? What has to happen for me to get um, a pay rise? Um, I'm interested in the next roll up. What happens? What? How do I get there? Walk me through what you did. You know, to, we all know you didn't do Jack to get there. But anyway, <laughs> that's a completely different matter. But you know, walk me through, give me three things. What are the three things that I need to work on in order to put me in position of authority? Like when we ask all of these questions, it makes such a big difference because then we know what is and is what possible. Um, I've decided that I want to, you know, I still want to work for this company, but I want to work from Moldovia, you know, is that a possibility? Like, do we have a policy where I can work? I don't know. I, I, think, to, I was just trying to think, is Moldova, I know there's Moldova, but that sounds like something out of a cartoon that I've heard, like. <laughs> Moldova, wherever, yeah, yeah, wherever Moldova. in the world. Oh, no, I, like, I like Moldovia, I, like, I think that sounds better, just kind of rolling. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Moldova. I made it up, who knows, out to Azerbaijan, there you go. I like so, it. Um, you know, what, what's the policy that we have for remote working? Um, can we do that? Like, I know some of my clients, you know, some of their companies have like, you can do three months out of the country. like. You don't know if you don't ask. And what would that look like? Look at this. What would that, that look like? This is not supposed to be ringing. So bear with me. Um, technology people. It's like interlude by Madeline. Yeah, technology interlude. I thought I'd put it's it on. In the mind, so. in the mind, people. So yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, you don't know what's possible if you don't ask what's possible. And this, I guess, is the skill you bring into how you coach the ladies that you coach, right? Yeah, um, it's a big it's a big thing for me. It's like, what questions do you need to be asking? What what are the questions? Like, I spoke to one of my clients recently. <clears throat> she was talking about potentially looking at a career elsewhere, and <clears throat> her question became, and she was like, you know, but I'm really concerned about environment. So I said, okay, well, what questions would you need to ask about environment? And she was like, I can ask questions about environment. Absolutely, you can quite ask questions about environment hmm. because it's a two way street. It's not just you going for a job, it's it's you also, or, or them working out if they want you, it's you also working out, do you want them? Yeah. That's, that's the power that you have. Yeah, the interview is a two-way thing. Two-way street. Mm, two-way street. And there's so much like that that we don't see us. So no wonder those insecurities rise up and we feel like we don't have any confidence or clarity or power because we keep ourselves so very small, hoping that the knight in shining armor or whoever in shining armor, the non-binary person in shining armor is gonna come and save us and show us the way. And it's like, no, I mean, I, I clearly remember about, maybe about seven, eight years ago, maybe about seven, where are we? 2022 no maybe yeah maybe about seven six years ago um waking up and going oh I have to be my own hero amen that the there's no check coming there's no one coming to save you you got to do it yourself and the truth of the matter is is that you have the power to do it I just wanted to do like you know the he-man or she-ra I got the power <laughs> yeah it's like but if nobody told you that if nobody's having that conversation with you if it's just as Rihanna would say work 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 um and then we hope for the best then actually it's not very powerful it's not very it doesn't feel empowering it doesn't feel like I have any say it's like the amount of people who are staying in jobs that are completely toxic, thinking I can't move. Why? There are millions of companies on the planet. Um, you can move. You have the choice. You've got the power. 
You're not stuck there. I say you are not a tree. And even trees sometimes can be uprooted and moved. This happens. Right. It can happen. But, you know, their aim is to stay there, take root, have their roots as deep as the 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 height of the tree we see um, and to be there for hundreds of years. That's that's what they're aiming to do. Um, But actually, we don't have to do that. Because we're not trees. I get a bit green sometimes, you know. Let me not. I'm not even going to respond to that because I'm not going to shame you on your own podcast. <laughs> All these spicy ladies that I have in my podcast. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, is that you, it's the, it's. I told you this the other day. These are the you like us troublesome women. These are your we're your market troublesome troublesome middle aged women. You like us. <laughs> there we go. There's an advert for me. Anyway, right. <laughs> you throw me right off. So how did, why did you become a coach? What, what was it that made you decide? Because um, um, you obviously have a backstory. You started somewhere else. Yeah. So I, I kind of started in customer service. And then uh, when I moved to London, I, um, so I'm originally from Leicester. Country. Um, uh, there are cities outside of London. I just want you to know that. Really? Where? Magic. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you need to learn to drive. Shade. <laughs> bring it on. So, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Um, so um, when I moved, I moved. Outside, uh, so my husband and I, have been, we've been together this year. will be 34 years. And uh, married for 27 this year. And <laughs> so, yeah. So I moved to London so that we could be closer to see, is this going to really work? Um and um, I went for a job um, in customer service because I was working in insurance in customer service. And I took a psychometric test and I came out as the ideal salesperson. Um, so they hired me actually as a financial advisor, went through the training um, and yeah, did well, um, ended up in IT sales, working in corporate sales. Um, then ran a team, um, 14 million revenue. I mean, this is like 2000 and 2000, 1999, you know, 2001. Um, and what happened was, I mean, it was really stressful and yeah, you know, dealing with all those issues, got bullied at work, all of those kinds of things, um, left on a really high, but I had a miscarriage. Um, I already had one child and I just said, I'm not doing this. Um, and I left and I already had a child that was about to go into school um, and I wasn't going to risk the stress of work to lose another baby because I got pregnant straight away uh, again so I decided okay what am I going to do but I wanted to keep still dabble I did try to go back but it was just it's too much and then childcare, that's a lot with doing it. So I started doing a bit of consulting, a bit of like sales and business consulting. Um, I took a, a coaching course, a life coaching course and I kind of got to a point where I went, oh, I don't wanna do this anymore because I don't really wanna do this, I wanna do more business. Um, so I just started doing more business. And then what I found was I was spending more time helping the business owner and their confidence rather than the business. Don't get out of still help the business. But, and the reason why that was is because if you don't feel confident about what you're doing or in yourself and your ability to do it, it seeps into the business. It seeps into the offering. It seeps into everything. Um, and so I spend time doing that. And, and I went with a lot of back and forth about what do I do? What do I want to do? What do I do? What do I want to do? And in the end, I just said, you know what? this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do more work. And, and to be honest, I just put a stake in the ground and said, this is what I'm, what I'm going to do. I had people who were like, oh, I'm just going to refer you because I think you'd be great for this person. And it just kind of really steamrolled from there. Most of my business comes from word of mouth. Um, and I knew, and to be honest, if I'm very, very honest, I have gone through my life 
with people coming to me and telling me people tell me stuff like I get all the juice people will just I have been on the dance floor and had somebody come and tell me that you know I was dating this guy I saw this guy I was doing it online this went the weekend together now he won't call me what do I do I've been in the car park you know come I had somebody come up to me put my shopping in the in the boot you know oh you look trustworthy so uh, okay can you ask me a question yes okay what's the question you know well my boyfriend says that I'm you know I'm 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 I shouldn't be working and I'm I I dress like a slag and that I'm this and I'm that and I'm like okay 20 minutes later you know honest to God so much so friends will say to me ah you're working again and I'm like trying not to but it's been that's been going on for a very very long time I only say that because I'm just laughing because that's pretty much what my life is a bit like. Right. So you're either, you kind of get to know, okay, this is my work. People are my work. You know, my, my work is person-centered. It's solution focused. I am a cancer, not on the world, but I, I am, you know, my, <laughs> sounds a bit crazy, <laughs> but my, my sign is cancer. And I, honest to goodness, um, I'm naturally positive. I am. That's my natural um, way of being. Um, and I, I'm going to look for solutions. Uh, and I also know that I am hypercritical, but it's a good hypercritical because it's not about tearing things down. It's, te- it's about te- taking something down to build it back up again. That's, that's them, you know, natural skills that I have. It's really funny. I took a test. A Clifton Strengths test, first strength positivity. Got it. So <laughs> I was laughing just because, you know, obviously we work together and it's like you almost have this infectious thing where you, you know, you're just giving, you're just able to give and you don't take any BS. No. <laughs> Might might cross the bear too, but <laughs> but I guess you bring that into your into your client work, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think it's like um, it's really funny. So you know, I do have some pretty great. I mean, I have some amazing clients, and one of them, you know, she she's she just moved to the states, but in G, I know she has no problem with me saying, but you know, the VP and GM of women's for Nike um, across EMEA, so uh, Europe, um, Middle East, Africa. And um, she, you know, her testimonial says everybody needs a Madeline in their life. And it's really lovely to hear. I think for me, I just, it's almost like an injection of positivity, injection of seeing what is possible, an injection of seeing yourself. I, I like to say, everybody is born magnificent it is just the layers of labels the stuff that they've taken on the baggage that means that they can't see that magnificence and my job is to take my cloth and my spray and to polish them off right wax Wax on wax off right so that they can shine because we're all meant to shine every single one of us but it's the circumstances that we've been through and I, I also think about you know when you go to the airport, extra baggage that isn't, or baggage that isn't yours gets blown up, right? You know, like when you take, <laughs> you know, baggage, baggage, you're not supposed to take anyone else's baggage, are yeah. you? Well, right? No, I hope not, yeah. And then when you take extra baggage, if you take it to the, if you take it and you're over, you pay extra for that baggage. Any baggage, if you were to say this baggage isn't mine, They'd be like, who gave it to you? And you said, well, I don't know. It's just appeared in my baggage. They'd be clearing the area and blowing that baggage up. Mm. Right. So. On every level, the baggage costs us. And also it's heavy. And it stops us moving as fast. It might stop us going through somewhere because we've got so many bags to to take with us. So why? Why continue to take the baggage? Look, you're liking this one. I can see it. You're yeah, working it. You're yeah, working yeah. it. 
You know, no, you just reminded me of an episode of like nothing to declare, you know, when people try to get into Australia. Yes, yes, yes. They come in with some insects in a packet and they're like, I don't know, it was my auntie the packet. Really? Right, you get held up at the airport, you can't out now take your flight, you know, because you're because of this excess baggage and the baggage that isn't even yours. Mm. Makes total sense. So why don't we just put it down? It's like that fact and story thing that I use often, isn't it? It's like, well, what's 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 real? Mm-hmm. You can let go, or what's what's real that we have to go to a judge and say, yeah, this is this is the truth of the matter. Like this is the yes. evidence. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's, I just, if we can learn to let go, I mean, even me, you know, you know, I'm here on this journey with you and, you know, this journey has been very much for me about, okay, what, what are the things that I'm continuing to take with me that I actually do not need anymore? You know, don't need them. Don't need to be wedded to them they don't define me unless I allow them to define me. So let me let go of them then. Cause how are they really working for me? You know, they're not. Take up energy, it's hard work carrying all that stuff. Oh man, it is so, exactly right. The baggage is tiring. It's like, and obviously I spend too, many, too much time with women, obviously, but it's like an ill-fitting dress. Like you get it on, Right, the whole night trying to adjust it, pull it's it. It's not quite right. It's not quite yeah. right. It's tiring. It's tiring, and also, it makes you feel insecure because I don't feel like I look my best. Mm. Can they see that this doesn't fit there? Oh, let me, let me. When I get up, let me. Oh, let me put my jacket around me so it's not so obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those things, and they're, they're triggering for us. And then we turn to our coping mechanisms, whatever they may be, to support us. But our coping mechanisms often keep us stuck. And I guess that's where the real, that's where the, that's where we see the symptoms, right? Food, alcohol, other crazy stuff that people do to kind of self-medicate because mm-hmm. they're so tired of carrying this baggage facade that they've got. Yeah, the question really is what's eating you? That's the question. Ooh. You know, um, I know for me, obviously, as you know, I've had this major fall and literally next, so next weekend, Greg, it's four months. Mm. Yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey. And, you know, it's the, okay, so you got a choice. Either you fall apart and decide that your life is over and you'll never walk again, or you say, okay, this is what this is something that's happened but it doesn't define me I now can choose how I respond to it will I have low days absolutely um will I you know will it be painful yeah but am I living yes is there is there recovery yes have I got people to support me yes if I don't let me find some people to support me it's like outlook the outlook of it makes a difference it doesn't mean to say you won't have lows I've had you know I've had lows and sometimes you're like I'm sitting in my black hoodie with the hood up you know like yeah Greg I'm tired I'm fed up um (laughs) (laughs) but um but as you know I can't I find it difficult to stay there for a very long period of time because I recognize that space it's not space that allows you to grow it's a space that diminishes you. It's a space where the dark cloud grows and you just become more and more miserable. That's not great existence when you can't go anywhere. It's like, um, you know, in the cartoons, right? When it rains in the cartoon, it always seems to rain just over the coyote. Yes, yes. Or, the, or Tom and Jerry. You know, yeah, and no matter where you go, the cloud, that cloud's following you. Mm. But what we don't realise is the cloud is of our own making. Mm-hmm. Um, circumstances are just circumstances. Um, there's a um, there's some research about resilience, like back in the seventies. I can't remember the guy's name, and um, he he basically I think it was in Colorado, University of Colorado, and he did all this work, and it was he followed these children, about four thousand children, mm. 
And he said there was a subset of children that stood out. And it's where he came up with the phrase resilience, right? It's where it was, it's, you know, it's the, the grandfather of resilience as such. And he tells, tells a story about um, a boy who every day came to school with two slices of bread. Nothing in between them, just two slices of bread. He had an absent father and an alcoholic drug addicted mother. The only thing that was in the house was the two slices. There was only bread, there was nothing else. Nobody made food for him, you know, um, there wasn't really that much food to make, but there was bread. But every day he came to school with his inverted commas bread sandwich and a smile on his face. And he still studied, he still did what he needed to do. I'm sure there were days where he was distressed, but the truth of the matter is it was he chose the outlook of, hey, I still got a sandwich. Um, and he was saying, what, so there's another one, another, um, uh, another researcher that his name is Banano. Um, and he said, it is not, it is not the event that determines something as traumatic. It is our response to it that determines whether or not it's traumatic, which is why we see people go through terrible, terrible circumstances and still come out smiling. And other people who their life's completely destroyed. The event might be almost exactly the same. It's the response to it that makes the difference. That makes you stop and take a breath. Mic drop. I think we can, we can, yeah, that, you know what, that's the perfect place to leave it, right there. You're going to leave it there. <laughs> seasoned, that's well seasoned. Yeah, so yeah. Perfect. That's so, hard to do, and that is something that's really hard to, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's a true pill. I'd, ask, I'd even ask the question and say, is it really bitter or do we make it bitter? <laughs> Because that's what you hear, right? It's it's a pill to swallow, and like there's all these association with certain things that happen. Mm. You know, I'll give a very simple one: tracking calories is hard. Mm. I'd say I'd say there's a lot of hard things in the world, but putting some numbers into a phone is not hard. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not the tracking calories; it's what we associate with tracking calories and what we make that mean about ourselves exactly and that's why it's hard or people perceive yes. it hard and it's, it's yes and it's like every relationship we have we do the same thing we villainize people based on more on us but we never look at them as what's going on in their world as to why maybe they had that behavior or what did we do that made them have that behavior and i had to put my hands up i think last year last year, maybe a year before, where I had to go, hmm, it's easy to say that somebody else is toxic, but am I toxic to somebody else? And it's like, ooh. In the words of Shaggy, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say to ourselves though, right? It's not me. Yeah, it's not me. It's gotta be somebody else's issue, somebody else's fault. Actually, could it be that could it be my fault? Could it be that I wasn't so good at it? Could it be that I, um, that maybe I'm a trigger for somebody else? N not knowingly, but maybe I am. And if I was to look at it that way, how would I respond differently? People, the queen has spoken. <laughs> Forget the queen's jubilee. It's about <laughs> Madeline McQueen. So, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. You know that, even though you tell me off. Um, Madeline, <laughs> where can people find you? What, what's the so, where can they stalk you and find your genius? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I have my site, which is my name, Madeline McQueen. Um, my name is very simply spelt, 
which is M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E. There are no extra E's or A's or I's in there. It literally is made line. Um, McQueen, which is M small C capital Q, U-W-E-N. Uh, so MadelineMcQueen.com. Uh, you can find me at the Madeline McQueen on Instagram. You can find me at Madeline McQueen on LinkedIn. There are a few, but I'm the black one. Um, you can find uh, me on Twitter, at Madeline, which is Madeline McQueen. Um, uh, I do have a Facebook page, which is, again, Madeline McQueen. No, I think it's the, the Madeline McQueen. Yeah, you know, me and Facebook are not friends. Um, and if you're interested in something like the Compass Club, a space where, you know, we have a 27 module uh, program called Magnificently You, which is about going through clarity, confidence and empowerment. We have monthly lives called The Gathering, where we all pile in. We've just introduced Coach Up, which is uh, once a month where you can just come in and ask a question that, you know, bring an issue and then we'll talk, you know, we'll coach on it for half an hour. Um, we also have interviews like Lucy Rouse and, you know, one of my other clients is uh, Sarah Jenkins. She's the MD of um, Saatchi and Saatchi. Got, you know, all of these things are recorded. There's music in the club. There's, um, there's a book um, uh, library in the club. There's loads of resources in the club. Like one of the things we have is a salary, 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 salary and benefits um uh what's checklist so you can see all the different things that you could actually negotiate on um yet there's loads in the club and there's I do regular stuff there's a question of the week coaching question of the week uh we have a coach in the club as well um so yeah it's it's an interesting place that is uh thecompass.com no, um, no not dot com it's the compass.club We'll take the in charge. Right. Yeah, so, I'll make, yeah, so that's me. I'll make sure all your links. All are, my, I'll make sure every... I think that's trailer load of links. Yeah, holy... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll share so people can find your brilliance. Um, thank you for giving me some of your time. Oh, no, thank you, Greg. You, you're, you're great. And I will say, I'm going to say this last thing, and that is that, um, as I keep telling you, you are a holistic health coach um, and you you do a great job with us women. Um, so never ever think, what the hell am I doing? Because actually you make a difference to all of us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's uh, been a blast. Mind, listen, part two soon come. <laughs> Thank you, people. Share this, give this some love, drop some comments. Um, give us a review, share this with people that, who need to hear about Madeline's message because I think she can help you become the person you want to be. Mm. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.